0: Life Audio
1: On this episode of Encouragement for You, Dr. Greg Smalley of Focus on the Family on avoiding Christmas landmines, plus therapist Brad Fairchild asks, "Why are you angry?"
0: Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Family dynamics can sometimes be complicated, especially during the holidays. Dr. Greg Smalley joins host Don Hawkins to discuss healthy boundaries, good communication, and other ways we can ease family tension during the holidays.
1: Why is Christmas such a wonderful time and yet such a difficult time for so many people?
3: Well, you know, I think it's such a wonderful time because we, we're gathering with our family, and, and although I know that not everybody gets an opportunity to do that, and so it, as much as it's exciting and and thrilling to catch up with family, that can also be a, a landmine <laughs> for, for so many people.
1: Yeah, the whole family issue, the relationships issue, and I was talking with a good friend the other day, and um, this friend shared a prayer request, said, pray that all of my family will get along with each other over the holidays, and, and I couldn't help thinking, you know, uh, for how many people is that whole issue of family conflict one of the real Christmas landmines?
3: Oh, gosh. Um, well, I think I, here's, here's what I think happens. I think it, it impacts everybody in this way, that anytime time we go home, that we we revert back to old patterns. We mm, You know, yeah. we jump back into our family system, and it's like I'm a, I'm a kid again. You know, rather mm-hmm. it's... Uh, you know, certain feelings that, that I remember or certain behaviors, certain patterns that, that I did. It, it, that's a lot of times what can happen to people is they just they, they kind of feel like, gosh, I I'm, I'm just thought I got away from all this.
1: And, and there could also be some uh, things that have happened in the family, maybe some abuse, maybe some alcoholism, some addictions of some kind, uh, codependency issues, those kinds of things. How do those complicate the picture?
3: Oh, I, I mean – there can be so many negative associations in, in memories of of things that happened when we were growing up that, uh, you know, even as adults, as we go back into that, those can really flood back. In, and often what happens is that people are unaware and don't think, well, these things could impact me. So they, they sort of walk back in the door maybe of their parents' house and, and perhaps shut down. Maybe they get a little worked up emotionally. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that can start going on emotionally that, that we're just you know not aware of and and certainly not prepared. And that's why we always tell people, you know, when you're going home for the holidays, first and foremost, just really pay attention to what's happening to you emotionally. Mm. You know, just kind of kind of check in. You know, be be aware if you're walking in and 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 all of a sudden you know your spouse gets real quiet or all of a sudden they. They they start talking in a way that you're going where where did this come from? Mm, yeah, you know if if strange things starts to happen, I mean just 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 notice those things. Notice what's going on. If your heart rate's going up, if you get that sick feeling kind of in your stomach, because otherwise we'll just react. Then I mean, if we don't yeah. pay attention, then we'll just we'll we'll do old stuff. We'll just react, and 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 boy, that can really set a, a, a pretty tough tone for the, yeah. for the whole uh, get together.
1: You know, Greg, there's another uh, thing that ties into all this, and that is all of the biblical things about communication. I was thinking about Proverbs, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue from Proverbs 18. Uh, really, uh, the way we talk to people, the way we communicate with, with family, with other people at the holiday season uh, is huge, isn't it?
3: Oh, Absolutely you know just just uh, again just just being aware of 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 what we're saying and, and how we're communicating that and yeah. you know Erin always she makes fun of me i wish she was here <laughs> talking about just the things that she notices that that i do when i get around my my family
1: well women are sort of you know they have this this amazing, insightful ability uh, to perceive things. And sometimes I wish Kathy didn't have it and a, I know. other women, but but the reality is uh, I think it's also a, a real protection for us as husbands that sometimes wives can tell us, hey, you, you don't realize what you're doing or what you're saying or how you're sounding. And uh, so this can be a time when we might even listen to our spouses, don't you think?
3: Oh, absolutely. Did you ever, Don, hear about that research that uh, Dr. John Gottman, who's a big marital researcher out of the uh, mm. University of Washington. One of the things that is it, he was able to do was to predict um several reasons why marriages succeed. And one of them was when men accept their wife's influence. Mm. and And what was interesting is that it, what didn't predict success in marriage was that women accepted a man's influence. That yeah. didn't really show anything. But it was really interesting that, that when men really listen to and value and, and actually draw out some of the insights and the intuitions that, are, that our spouses can have, it's not that we have to follow that blindly, but at least when we listen and, and accept their influence, allow them to speak into us, hmm. that that actually is a predictor of success in marriage.
1: Hey, that is an important thing to remember. Your marriage is successful to the degree that you and your spouse listen to each other and have an impact and influence on each other's lives. That brings me to another area that I think could be helpful for all of us at this time, Greg, when it comes to the the season that in, uh, involves a Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and, and these very special days. And that is rather than having just a time of gratitude on Thanksgiving and in promptly forgetting about that in the rush and hustle of Christmas, uh, cultivating a spirit of Thanksgiving and attitude of gratitude. Talk about that.
3: Absolutely. You know, what's interesting is there there is some amazing research around the power of, of when we have gratitude. In other words, when we're kind of that attitude of acknowledging the blessings that we're receiving yeah. or at least will receive. Um, it talks about when gra- people who are gratitude are happier, they're more resilient, less depressed, they yeah. have higher self-esteem, better relationships. Um, they actually even have better sleep, believe it or not. Wow. And so there, there's just some powerful things that that, that attitude and in, in behavior of gratitude re- really does. Yeah. And, and and so it's, one, it's important for us to, to develop that habit, but especially to try to cultivate um, that within our kids. And the great news, Don, is that gratitude can be taught.
1: How do we do that?
3: Well, I think, one, is that we have to be committed to looking out for things that we're grateful for. It, Don, it's so easy to get locked into some negative thinking or some frustration, especially maybe in a in a marriage to where maybe there's some problems. And, and, and actually, it's, it's, it's when we're intentional to say, okay, as I look around, you know, what do I have to be thankful for? And, and so as we notice those things, then I think we model gratitude. Actually taking, in, taking opportunity every day, making sure that we're thanking our wife. You know, every meal as we sit down, you know, we don't do this every night, but I make sure that I, that I say kiddos listen to me, Mom, thank you for making the meal. I mean, I think that we have to be intentional to show our children that, that we're gratitude by, by telling people thank you.
1: Yeah. If they don't see the gratitude in us, if they don't see a spirit of gratefulness, appreciation, if they don't hear it expressed, they're not going to get it. seems like there's also a, a flip side to that, Greg, and that has to do with uh, griping and complaining and criticizing. Uh, does that factor in?
3: Well, you know, I mean, obviously, that that can be the the opposite of of, of gratitude. Yeah. Sort of when 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 our kids complain a lot, that there's there's always the challenge is are they are they venturing into that mm. world of entitlement, to where they expect certain things to happen, and we're used to mm. getting things, and mm-hmm. you know, we get all these gifts and blah blah blah. Yeah,
1: fifteen expensive presents under the Christmas tree. Yeah,
3: absolutely, and and so. You know, there, there's, a, there's John Gottman did some other research where he found that there needs to be a, a ratio of five to one, five positives to every one negative. Mm. Wow. And I think that's, we can teach our children that. We can actually tell them, you know, there's yeah. some amazing research that for every one complaint, you also have to then give five things that you're thankful for. Mm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with enforcing the thank you rule. That that when someone does something for you, we do thank them, and I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to teach you that.
1: Yeah, and if they see that modeled, if they hear five words of appreciation, thanksgiving, and gratitude for every word that's negative that comes out of our mouths, what a huge difference that can make.
3: Yeah, you know, we can we can even do simple things around. You know, there, there are times when when Don we're around the the, the table eating dinner in in. You know, Aaron might say, hey, we're going to go around the, the, the table and everybody has to say one thing that you appreciate about your sibling. Mm. And you're not allowed to say, you know, crazy things. But, yeah. I mean, very, very honest. You know, what is it that you notice yeah. that your sister did for you or that yeah. your brother did for you? Mm. And, and we'll kind of coach them along.
1: Boy, that can revolutionize your thinking, whether it's uh, Thanksgiving, whether it's Christmas, uh, whatever time of the year. uh, Just to be put in a position where you have to stop and think, now, what is it that I appreciate about this individual?
0: We'll be right back after this message.
2: What impacts you every day?
0: Unrighteous anger can hold us back from the life God designed for us, but sometimes feelings of anger appear in our hearts and we aren't sure how to deal with them. Therapist Brad Fairchild joins Don Hawkins for a conversation about responding to feelings of anger in a godly manner.
1: Let's talk about what Scripture says about the subject of anger. Brad, there's a lot in Scripture uh, about this subject, isn't there?
4: There is, and we, we may or may not get to all of these scriptures. I do want to start with Ephesians four twenty six because it just starts out and tells us, Be angry. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, and so it's okay to be angry. It's just a matter of what we do with that anger uh, that makes us or breaks us. And as Christians, we have an incredible responsibility to bring that before the Lord when we feel the anger, to work it out if we're angry about a situation Work it out between us and the Lord. If we're angry with another person, the Lord encourages us to uh, work it out with that person. Of course, the not letting the sun go down on your anger, if I go to sleep angry, then I wake up and I may not feel angry in the morning, but it's just kind of uh, stewing under the surface and can come out uh, at later times.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that that passage goes on in verses thirty-one and thirty-two to talk about putting aside all bitterness and wrath, outbursts of anger, uh, rage, um, ill will, evil feelings, those kinds of things, sure. and become kind and tender-hearted and forgiving. Yep. And and um, you know, there's a passage in Proverbs twenty-nine, twenty-two: "An angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered person abounds." in transgression. Most of the time, anger is uh, misplaced or wrong or stirs up strife and, and leads to transgression. Uh, there is anger that is not sin, but is probably a more rare form of anger than the other kind.
4: That's exactly right. And, and, you know, people talk about, well, you know, what was done was wrong, and this anger I have is righteous indignation. And it's like, yeah, be careful about that. Well, <laughs> oftentimes yeah. people will just use that as an excuse. Yeah. To just be angry. And yeah. God's up there going, uh-uh-uh-uh, not at all. Um, in fact, another scripture, James one nineteen and 20, that tells us, be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Well, mm-hmm. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of mm-hmm. God. And that goes back to address that, well, this is righteous indignation. Yeah. It's like the anger of God. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we can be angry because of wrong or because of sin, but when we take things into our own hands and begin to try to control and fix and change uh, other people or situations, then we are straight out of God's uh, will Yeah. quickly in that.
1: Brad, maybe this is a good time to take a step back and come up with a definition of anger. What exactly is it?
4: Well, I actually went straight to Webster, and I, I want us to just look at, okay, what's anger? Because everybody talks about anger, and everybody knows what anger is, and anger is really so many different things to so many different people. Yeah but at a at a pure stripped down uh, definition anger is a strong feeling of displeasure and usually antagonism is a part of that it's uh, number 2 is rage uh, wrath a mean and intense emotional state induced by displeasure. Hmm. So something I'm displeased about, and I respond with a mean and intense emotional state, I really, that pretty well does it. I mean, that works. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Boy. yep, that's anger. <laughs>
1: yep, Mr. Webster must have been an angry man at yeah. some point, because he sure seemed <laughs> he, to understand he's it. He's experienced it somewhere <laughs> in there, that's right. <laughs> Let me add another component uh, to this, if I could, Brad, and that is that it seems to me that anger is is a signal. We've mm-hmm. talked about the fact that anger in and of itself is not wrong. Certainly the descriptions that we look at are typically wrong, although when Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple, he was angry and righteous in doing so. And uh, when he looked at the hypocrisy of the Pharisees in Mark chapter 2, he was angry and uh, did so because of the grief in his heart over their hypocrisy. And yet it seems to me that when we're angry, there's something going on that we need to stop and take a look at. And often we don't want to take the time to do that. And, and we allow our anger to come into to play. And it may be sort of like that red light on the dashboard of our car that says, hey, time to stop and take a look and see what's wrong.
4: Yes. Anger is one of the, what I call a red flag emotion. And yeah. when there's anger going on in us, that's like Man, that's a big red flag waving yeah. and stopping for me to say, "Whoa, hold on! What's going yeah. on inside of me?" Yeah. And what we tend to do, what we want to do, is, "Well, my daughter said something rude to me or was disrespectful to me, so that justifies my anger." Or my wife said something ugly to me, or my husband said something ugly my to me. My boss didn't give me a raise,
1: yeah. or promotion, or and whatever. It's like, yeah. no, right,
4: mm-hmm. job situation, yeah. boss. Mm-hmm. But that's within me yeah. how I respond to it, and and that that becomes. Uh oh, I've got to look at my own heart, and it's a mm. character issue within me. Why did I allow that to yeah. get to me so much? Maybe they did something wrong, yeah. but, but it's a red flag, uh, one of many red flag emotions uh, for us to, that you're right, helps us to stop. And I guess I believe that's God's point. Which mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't, but to yeah. stop and look in, inward and say, okay, God, what is it in me? Why do I get so upset at that?
1: And one of the reasons we need to do that is because of all the things that anger does, most of which are negative. Talk about what anger does in us and to us, Brad.
4: Okay. Uh, and boy, we could just talk on and on and, and certainly feel free to jump in and add. Um, but one of the things it does is anger tends to produce fear in others. Hmm. Now, wanted or unwanted, some people may, and I'd say, well, you really need work if you're wanting to produce fear in others, but <laughs> some of you out there may be going, that's right, they yeah. better fear me. <laughs> and I'd say, if, if you're thinking that or feeling that or saying that, then, then this is for you for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it produces fear in others. It stirs up strife. It stirs up mm. an incredible amount of strife mm, uh, in yes. relationships. Um, it stirs up a lot of contention, uh, argumentativeness.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: that happens in churches, unfortunately, oh sometimes. Goodness. Yeah. anywhere
4: where you put people together. Yeah.
1: Workplace, <laughs> Work, you name research, it. Yes. Family, family?
4: family, extended family. You're talking about the holidays.
1: Oh, ironically, the holidays wow. are some of the worst times oh, for yeah. families to have huge blow ups and anger to just, uh, rear its ugly head.
4: Oh yeah. And, and, and by the way, frequently that's Channeled by uh, alcohol is a, usually a part of that. You know, Uncle Bob gets drunk and boy, you know, cusses someone out and then they get mad and it's just like you know, barroom brawl right there in the living room. Hallelujah, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or all of a sudden it's Christmas and we're celebrating Christmas and the birth of our Savior and all of a sudden we're all furious with each right. other. Right, exactly. Yeah, those things happen. Uh, that can lead to hatred.
4: Actually, in our lives. yes, mm-hmm. and you know, people think hatred. Oh my gosh, that's so extreme. Well, yeah, and, and anger, undealt yeah. with long enough, yeah. and if you are the one in the family member who is angry, they, you do that long enough for years and years and years, and family members will hate you. Yeah, and that may sound awful strong, but mm-hmm. but it's powerful stuff. Yeah. This is serious yeah. stuff we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, they will hate you. Now they may not say it, they may not admit it, they may mm-hmm. not even be aware of it. Yeah. But it begins to build up hatred in people's yeah. hearts.
1: Brad, we've talked about what anger does and some of the negative and devastating effects it has. Uh, there are a couple of other things that you mentioned here that sort of tie into producing fear in others, uh, and that would be control and intimidation.
4: Yeah, I heard someone say one time that every outburst of anger is an attempt to control, and I set out in my little heart of hearts about 20 years ago, I heard this, to prove them wrong, and I thought, you know, after looking hmm. at it, I thought, yeah, Yeah, every time you see someone get angry, myself or anyone else, Mm. it is an attempt to keep that person from doing what they did or saying what they said.
1: And here I thought it was just a righteous
4: response. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Pretty self-serving sounding, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And and, and yet isn't that how our thought patterns often go? I I thought I was righteous in that anger. I thought I deserved to lose it at that point. After all, look what you did to me, or look what this other person did, or look what these circumstances did. Uh, But we control people, and certainly anger is intimidating. Uh, When you're on the other end of anger, that's where you really feel the intimidation.
4: Yeah, and people who are angry, oftentimes they – it's almost as though they can't comprehend that. They just Mm. don't get – I don't understand why you're intimidated. I mean, it's no big deal. I'm just angry.
1: Well, if anger is destructive and all these bad things happen, what motivates us to continue in our anger?
4: Well, um, really part of it – and you know how one of the – it works. It works. In other it, words, it, it really it, it, does
1: control other people. It
4: does control other people. It, it does get people to back off. It does get people to leave us alone. Sometimes anger is an effort to build a wall around us emotionally and not mm-hmm. others let others yeah. in. Well, guess what? Not only does it not let others in, but they don't even want to try to get in. Yeah. They want as far away from you as they can get. Mm. And this may be your spouse or your child- children that we 're talking about, yeah, and so it, it, and when I say it works, people are like well that 's twisted sounding brad you 're telling me I need to stay away from anger, and now you 're telling me it works it 's kind of like uh, someone who 's struggling with an addiction, yeah, and they have a lot of anxiety, and the minute they drink or the minute they take that drag or that hit or that whatever they 're taking whatever yeah. drug they 're taking, the anxiety goes away, and their brain says autonomous of separate from morality, their brain says, this works.
1: Yeah, I like this. Yeah, the
4: anxiety goes away. Yeah, yeah, I like this. It feels good. Mm-hmm. So and that's it, what anger does. Yeah. And, and so it, it's so very reinforcing into the brain. And there's an awful lot of chemistry that goes along with that, an awful yeah. lot of psychological that goes along with that, mm-hmm. and an awful lot of spiritual and emotional yeah. that goes along with that. Uh, but it works at controlling others. It works. Another reason we hold on to it so tightly is we feel so strongly justified i mean Mm -hmm. we were wronged we were hurt yeah by the way i believe anger is a response to being hurt and some Mm -hmm. people say well no i don't feel hurt i just go straight to anger yeah well that's because it makes you feel vulnerable to admit hurt
0: thank you for listening to this episode of encouragement for you with don hawkins host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us.
1: Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
0: Stay encouraged and join us next time for encouragement for you.
2: What do you do when your world is falling apart?
1: How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast and we'll discuss that and so much
3: more.